welcome to a Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and it is my joy and my pleasure to welcome you today. Welcome to anyone who's found us for the first time. I'm so glad you are here. It's no accident that you're here, friend. Don't run off quite yet. Let's stick around and see what the Lord has for us today. And then welcome back to all you regular listeners. Thank you. Thank you for coming back day after day. Thank you for listening to the podcast, for downloading it. Please consider sharing it with your friends, family, neighbors, strangers, just anyone who you think may wish to come along this journey with us and know as always that I love to hear from you so if you send if you feel so led send me a message sometime you can find my email in the show notes it's a word for this day at gmail.com I continue to pray for you frequently that the Lord would draw you closer to him that he'll give you more of a desire to know him and his word and that you will want to not only read his word but study it And then based on your study, live out what you're learning and then share it with others, friends. This is a truth that we don't want to hold just for ourselves. This is that light that we want to shine and share into this dark and dying world. Oh, friends, our world needs truth. And God's word is truth, as we've talked about over and over and over again. And so I just encourage you uh, in that. I encourage you to make that time uh, to spend with him. And, um, you know, we're in February. It's February the 1st now. And so... uh, if you've listened on other days, you know that uh, on January 1, I started sharing with you a little bit of my uh, daily journaling uh, discipline that I do that acts to kind of focus my heart and mind on God first thing in the morning as I get into my closet. Um, and I would encourage you to try that, even if you just try it for a few days. Um, you'll find on social media some of the uh, the short form videos that I do that shows what I do. I just start with a, a little read the verse, start with a statement of prayer or praise or worship, and then uh, just a little bit longer prayer that I write down. But um, it doesn't have to be eloquent. You don't have to think about what all these things and how you're going to write it. Just talk to God and give him thanks and praise for what you read in the word. If it convicts you, tell him it convicts you and ask him to help you. If there's something you need to confess, confess it and uh, it will make such a difference. Um, I believe in your walk. If you um, if you're not doing some kind of a journaling, um, I, I'm thankful that people want to watch. But even if you didn't start in January and you feel like, oh, gracious, we're a month in. You can start it any day, but you could get a, a a little notebook, or it doesn't have to be a calendar. You can just do anything. Just, I would encourage you to write those prayers because not only can you go back and see, and I'll tell you, I've done this over and over again, where God has worked and moved in your lives based in your life based on those prayers. There are times that I will jot a question in the margin or something that that I specifically have for God, a, a question of direction or something, and I have seen Him move over and over and over and over again and give confirmation or answers to questions, and He's faithful to do that if we seek Him with a right heart. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you, Scripture says. And so I encourage you to do that but uh what i started to say was not only is it good for you but you know if the lord tarries and when we're gone it may be that um 
Some of your grandchildren or children can be encouraged by looking at your walk through the pages of these uh, words. I'm sorry, through the pages of these journals. And you may say, I don't want anybody to read it. Well, they don't have to. I mean, but for some people, it is such a blessing to be able to go back and see how God moved in uh, another person's life that they knew. And so I encourage you to um, to make notes and keep journals because there will be a day that it may be a blessing to someone else, even if you think it really means nothing uh, to anybody else other than you. I think you would be surprised. Well, our verse for the day for February the 1st, 2024, comes from Paul's letter of 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, and it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. First of all, then... I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. Oh, friends, there is so much here, and I'm excited for us to jump in and uh, get some background, see what we're talking about, see what's going on um, in this letter. You know, if you've been on this journey with me for very long, I think it's wise for us to think about uh, the book or letter we're in before we dig in a little further into our verse or our passage, um, because that helps us to get uh, a better context, helps us to understand, it'll help us remember if we have the appropriate context and um, so this letter of first timothy we know was written by the apostle paul because at the beginning it says paul an apostle of christ jesus by command of god our savior and of christ jesus our hope to timothy my true child in the faith grace mercy and peace from god the father and christ jesus our lord we know that uh, Paul wrote it because it started this way, and he tells us that he's an apostle. He was one appointed to um, take this message of the gospel, and um, it was by command of God. <laughs> uh, and I just love that. Um, it was by command of God and of Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, we've talked about Paul's conversion pretty much, and I'll mention it, Lord willing, every time we are in one of Paul's letters. We uh, have talked about that the New Testament begins with the four Gospels, then it moves to New Testament history, which is that book of Acts, and which is early church history, and then it moves into Paul's letters, of which there are 13 and the general letters after that have written, there are eight of those written by men who are not Paul. And then to that Old Testament, gracious sakes, that New Testament book of prophecy called Revelation. And um, these letters that Paul wrote, God has used in such a mighty way to instruct us, uh, to give us doctrine, to give us examples of how we are to walk as believers. And I'm so thankful for that. We read that Paul was a Pharisee, and even in this letter of 1 Timothy, he describes himself in verse 12. He says, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service, though formerly 
I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. I love that description that Paul gives of himself because, as I mentioned, Paul was a Pharisee. He didn't think this new way of Christianity was good. He thought it was blasphemous and going against the things of God, but he, his eyes had not been opened and he had not understood how Jesus had fulfilled all the law and the prophets as we've talked about before. And, um, God graciously, uh, gave him grace and mercy and allowed him to see that on the Damascus road. And you can read about his conversion in Acts chapters 9, 22, and 26. And after Paul was converted, he went away to Arabia, and then he came back and began on several missionary journeys. And it was on one of these missionary journeys that he met the young Timothy. And Timothy's parents, uh, mother was a believer. We know that his father was a Greek, and we don't know much more about him, but we know that Timothy's mother and grandmother really poured into him the truth of the gospel and the truth of the scriptures. Um, and so I love that example in the life of Timothy. It gives me encouragement to make sure that I'm pouring into my sons and any who God has put um, kind of as spiritual children in my life. And I love what uh, the way that Paul describes Timothy. He says he's my true child in the faith. And so Paul was pouring into him. And um, you can read in Acts chapter 16, if I didn't mention that, about when Paul first met Timothy and about um, how they went away then from there. And Timothy started joining joining him on the missionary journeys and he would be he and Titus and many others but especially he and Titus would be uh, such instrumental uh, workers and helpers with Paul um, Paul would send Timothy and Titus in different places on different missions and what was going on here um, in this letter of 1 Timothy is that Paul had sent Timothy to Ephesus to um, teach the believers there how kind of how uh, the organization of a local church should be and to help them choose uh, godly men to be leaders, to be overseers and deacons and the things that godly, godly people should do, how the church should act in this world today. And I tell you, I get that from 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, where it says, um, well, let me back up to 14. He, uh, Paul was saying to Timothy, I hope to come to you soon, but I'm writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God. I love, you know, there's a so that there, and Paul was telling him why he was writing this letter to him. Um, he says, I, um, that you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. The church is that pillar, that buttress of, of the truth for this dead and dying and dark world. And Paul wanted to remind the young Timothy, this is, these are the things you need to instruct the people there. This, these are the steps you need to do. He warned him about false teachers. He, um, reminded him about, uh, that God had sent Jesus to save sinners and that 
God desired for everyone to be saved, and that's why he sent uh, Jesus, and that's over in chapter 2. But I love this letter. This letter is, of course, you know I love all the words and all the verses, as I tell you over and over again. But um, this letter and Second Timothy and the letter to Titus are considered or called pastoral epistles. These were letters that Paul wrote to um Timothy and Titus to encourage them as they were leaders in the church, as they trained men, because that's what uh, believers do. We point people to Jesus. We teach them what he has taught us through his word, how to walk, how to live, how to act as a believer in this dark world. And I keep saying that, but it's true, friends. The world lies in the power of the evil one. And if you don't see that right now with just the darkness and the ungodliness and the sinfulness that is encouraged and championed in this world, it's it's very evident the confusion, the deception, all those things. But we are as we are as a light shining on a on a hill we're like a city on a hill that light shines forth if we are believers and so um paul was encouraging them and uh pastors and teachers and leaders need our encouragement and paul knew that paul knew it would be hard and so he uh, reminds timothy about you know to stand strong not forget what he had been taught and um, I love this in chapter, let's see, where is it? In, in chapter 1, where he says in verse 18, This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. He wanted to encourage him because he knew it would be hard to continue fighting the fight. He says in verse 19, Holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, so by rejecting faith and a good conscience, some have made shipwreck of their faith. And then he goes on to describe who uh, some very clear examples of those people were. And then right after that, that brings us up to the beginning of our uh, chapter 2, where we find our verse for the day. After Paul has done this um, this opening, and he's encouraging Timothy uh, to fight the good fight, and not waver. He says, this is how you act. This is what you're supposed to do. And that's where we get our verse for the day in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. He says, first of all, then, so first thing, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. And I'm going to read just a little past that because Paul's going to tell why he was urging that. And then we'll come back and look at these. He says, um, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. And uh, so there's the there's the reason so that we can leave, lead this peaceful, quiet life to be godly and dignified in all ways. This is good. And, and we talked about God's goodness yesterday. Um, and if we are godly or godlike, then we are going to do things that God would have us to do that are good. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. 
For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. And so that's why it is so important for us to pray for people. And we pray that they will uh, turn to God, that they will be right with God. We pray for them in their affliction. We pray for God to guide them and to, um, if they're turned away for God from God, that perhaps they'll turn back. But I want to go through and uh, look at these different uh, things that Paul talks about here, the supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings, um, because there are different types of prayers and requests that we make on behalf of all people. And also to remind you, you know, uh, we read in Paul's letter to, I believe it's to the Thessalonian believers about that we're supposed to pray without ceasing. And some people say, gracious, how can we do that? I mean, we've got to do other things. Well, it's this constant running commentary. There are times that you will go into your closet like Jesus described when he says, and when you pray, do these things, <laughs> or go into your closet and tell these things to the Father. But also throughout the day, throughout our daily walk, we uh, whisper these prayers. And you know, uh, let me just stop and say uh, right here, if you tell somebody you're going to pray for them, I encourage you to do it um, right away. I have been guilty many times of telling people I'll pray for them, and I think I'll remember, but then I don't. So you can either keep a little notebook in your purse or in your pocket, or often what I do is if they ask me to, or if I tell them I'm going to pray, as I'm walking away from them, sometimes I'll pray right there with them, but sometimes as I'm walking away, I'm whispering a prayer to the Lord. And um, that is just I would encourage you to do it right away. And then as God brings them back to your heart or your mind, uh, pray some more for them. But let's look at these. And I'll tell you where I go uh, to look at these different definitions. Um, I'm going to the Bible Hub app that I use in an interlinear Bible and going back to the original Greek. Um, and we can see what the uh, what those different things are. And friends, let me just remind you this too. If we are walking with God. If we are He is, He hears us and He answers according to His will. And it, it's also just uh, such a wonderful thing. He knows His will is going to be accomplished. He is going to uh, uh, do what He desires, but it's that communication. It's that drawing closer to him. It's a seeing his faithfulness when he answers in the best way for his glory. And I just love that he would allow us to do that. Um, he allows us to come boldly before his throne of grace to find help in our time of need as we read in Hebrews. So this word supplication in the Greek is uh, diasis, which is a need. So um, it comes from to be in want. So those supplications are praying for specific needs that people have. And these are often personal and urgent. <laughs> and then when we look at prayers, those is uh, that's a pros prosuke, and it is just an exchange of wishes. So that's just that, you know, I'm thinking about this person. Bless them, Lord, for your glory. It's just a, I wish the best for them, or I wish your best for them is probably the better way to pray. And then intercessions, 
um, are uh, the Greek for that is entuxis, um, and it literally means um, praying on behalf of someone else um, that God's will would be done, that that would fall in line with God's will. So we are interceding for someone else that God's will would be done in their life. It's very similar to those prayers. The prayers are just like thinking uh, and asking for those good things, but the intercession is to uh, really intercede that God's will will happen. And then the thanksgivings, of course, giving thanks for people, giving thanks for what God is doing in their lives. And so I encourage you to do that. He says for all people. So um, for your friends, for family, for our leaders, he specifically calls out uh, praying for our leaders and um, just incur asking God that they can uh be saved, that God would work in their lives, that God's will would be done in their lives, that God's favor would be on their lives, and it's all for his glory. So may we do more of that, friends, all for God's glory. Blessings to you, friends. Until next time.